Welcome to Insights. This is Paul Ellis, Managing Director of Ellis Wealth Management, where we encourage you to invest in what you love. Ellis Wealth Management is an independent financial services firm focused on planning, advice, coaching, and investment management. We are dedicated to the families we serve, and we encourage you to invest in what you love. Within Insights, we look at ways to make our world richer through focusing on sharing, and developing human capital. Well, all right. What a great, great day it is in the beautiful, very beautiful Pacific Northwest. We are, we are just finished Easter, heading into, you know, May will be here in just a couple of weeks, and then we're into our glorious summer. And today we have a terrific guest. He's been with us before. Rob Stottlemyre. He's the uh, sales director for Duncan Advisors. And last time we spoke, we talked about Washington's Long-Term Care Act. And today we're going to talk a little bit about insurance, what's going on uh, in the in the world of insurance, and things for people to, to keep in mind as part of spring cleaning financially. Rob, how are you today? Hey, I'm great, Paul. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for thank you for making time with your very busy schedule to join us today. Yeah, you're welcome. I always I always appreciate getting your podcast. Um, you know, I, we work with a lot of advisors. I'm not just saying this. I'm I'm uh, but I will let you know. Uh, not not too many people are as consistent as putting out material and looking out for their clients in this regard as you. So kudos, well, kudos you. to you, Mr. Ellis. Well, thank you, thank you very much. Well, listen, last time we spoke, we talked about Washington Long-Term Care Act. Um, you know, that is still working its way through our system. And many people don't know that about 10,000 baby boomers per day enter into retirement. Um, you know, we're coming near the end of that arc where many uh, will have been retired. There'll be a few that still want to continue to work for sure, but ten thousand per day, and um, that's that's quite a bit. So one of the things when you and I were talking about this is the importance of insurance reviews, why they're important, and so let's let's get right into it. Why is it important for people to take a look at their insurance and and review it? Well, for that boomer stage, you know, you just mentioned the boomers, so I'll, you know, I'll, I'll start there. But the the reviews that we most often see are the the folks that say, you know, I've, they've, they've always said, I have a life insurance at work, which is great. Life insurance at work is typically affordable and easy to secure. The downside is when you finish working, uh, a lot of times it's not portable. So, you know, folks have gotten to the point where they're starting to look at you know, the, the period when they're going to get out of the workforce. And one of the factors they hadn't considered was, well, shucks, I didn't want to totally lose my life insurance. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thrilled about not having to work, but I'm not thrilled about leaving that life insurance behind. So that's, you know, that's one item that we see a lot and we get, we receive a lot of calls on that. 
you know, look, looking to retire in the next three to six months, what should we be doing to try to secure more life insurance? So that's, mm-hmm. that's one. Mm-hmm. Um, another one towards the end is, hey, I'm getting ready to retire. And I've had this, this policy. I've been paying on it for 20 or 30 or however many years. And we're going to start pulling back. I'm not going to have active income. We want to review just to find out, is this the right amount of life? You know, what, what's, what's the right amount of life insurance we should be carrying into retirement? So that's, we do a lot of those, not only policy reviews, Paul, with people who they own a contract and, you know, do we keep this? Do we keep paying on this into retirement? But what's the right amount of life insurance I should even have mm-hmm. in retirement based on my situation? So we'll help with the, we call this just needs, needs calculations. You know, what's the, what's the life insurance need at this point? Um, a lot of a lot of the reviews are with policies, current contracts that are enforced. People bought them a long time ago. You know, maybe when children were young and uh, had a, individuals had a lot more debt within their family portfolio. And today, that the debt's paid off, and the children are out of the house, and you've already taken care of the wedding. So, you know, is, is the life insurance serving the purpose today that you originally intended for it to serve when you when you first bought it, however many years ago? And then we do, here's another one that we see a lot, just carriers. I mean, just like companies come in and out of favor. And, you know, we always hear the one about the, the Kmart or Sears. When's, when's the last time you were in a Kmart or a Sears? You know, the same thing can be said for life insurance. I mean, I get a couple contracts to review every week on for, for carriers who haven't, they haven't sold a new policy in a decade or more. So it's just, you know, they, and unfortunately when that starts to happen, one carrier is assumed by another. So you just have to go through about four different phone trees of 800 lines to get to the right service center. But just important to keep up with your policy over time. Um, especially yeah, if, if the carrier has changed hands, they've been purchased or, or acquired, make sure you're not losing touch with that company. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Well, you know, a lot of people uh, here in the Pacific Northwest, we've had you know, Boeing has had a number of layoffs or people are retiring. Uh, Microsoft, Facebook, you know, Google, some of the others, Amazon. And across the United States, we're seeing many businesses downsizing. And a lot of individuals have, like you said, their company benefit was providing them life insurance. That may not be the case if they retire or if they are in between jobs. So that's something to consider, correct? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, you mentioned down, you know, the downsizing, you know, part of that part of the review another one that we see a lot Paul is yeah, you bought life insurance 10 or 15 or 20 years ago for one purpose. You know, things change. You know, not only are kids out of the house, maybe debt's gone, but now something new may be on your radar that was never on your radar, just new features in contracts. And these carriers continue to innovate as well. And with more, you know, you started with 10,000 boomers a day retiring, you know, as more boomers had been retiring over the past couple of years, carriers had innovated one feature of life insurance, and that is long-term care. They started to integrate long-term care into life insurance. That had never been done until a couple of years ago. And at first we kind of scratched our heads on it and said, no, Let's just keep life insurance, life insurance, and long-term care, long-term care. But the more we got into it and used it, more of the public said, hey, this is more relevant. You know, the, the cross trainer is more relevant than a track shoe and a walking shoe. You know, give me the, yeah. give me the cross trainer. So yeah, so that's where, you know, we've had a lot of reviews that, 
that end with that piece. You know, show us the new features. We want we want the new life insurance. Well, you know, that goes along with many people are portable today. They are moving to different states. They may be moving to Florida. They may be moving to Arizona. They may be moving into Washington. And while they're making those while they're making those moves, that long term care becomes really important as well. Because in each state, the the average cost of care is is different. I mean, I'm assuming it would be different in Iowa than it would be in New York City. So while you're well, it's different. And I'll tell you what, what's interesting. I mean, and it's almost a. I mean, this is not. I don't know where you were going on this one, Paul. I hope I don't throw a curveball here. But <laughs> you know, when we've seen, well, when we've had clients, producers, clients who are in, say, off the beaten path areas, not in large urban centers, they think. Oh, well, it's got to be cost of care is less. No, not really. It's harder to get harder to get nurses in Des Moines, Iowa, and mm. you know Brainerd, Minnesota, and you know Prescott, Arizona, than it is in Seattle or DC or New York. So, good point. Yeah, trying trying to find care, the right care, it, it's more expensive. There's a there's a premium in some outlying areas for sure that, that you wouldn't have thought of. That, that know, is an lower lower cost point. of living in. Yes, sir. That is an that is an excellent point. That's an excellent point. But for those that are migrating or that are looking to move, you know, it's something to with your checklists, putting that on that list is also makes good sense. And to your point, exactly. Take a look at the the landscape for healthcare. Are they set up with or do they have the ability to take care of you should, you know, the need arise? So, you know, watching. And I mean, hey, there's one, you know, there's there's a couple big ones there with that with the move. I mean, you're exactly right. And I mean, I unfortunately I'm on the I'm on the bad end of this trying to fix trying to fix issues a couple times a month where people do move. You know, they definitely get their car insurance moved. They definitely make sure that they're you know that the that the mortgage is now mailed to the right place. Life insurance sometimes, especially if people are on annual billing, you know, it still goes to the old address. And guess what? A lot of that life insurance, Paul, when you don't pay it, it has a a finite period of time before the stuff lapses before mm. it goes out of you know, out, you know, out of, um, out of force. And yeah, well, you miss one annual premium and you get 30, 30, 30 days down the road, that stuff lapses and it's, yeah, it's hard to, hard to get it back. So good point. Yeah. Moving absolutely needs to be on the top of the checklist and making sure you got all the billing in the right place. And that's, it's a good time as well. I mean, if you're moving, then it, the beneficiary checks, I mean, mm. on the Paul on life insurance reviews, I can't tell you how many times we've done I mean, that's, Part of the stand, you know, our standard procedure is, you know, is they, are, are the addresses correct? Is the owner right? Is the, you know, is the billing? And do we have the right beneficiaries? You know, things change. You know, gosh, that was my, that was my ex-wife, or I was supposed to get my ex-wife off there because we're not no longer required to have her on my, uh, on my life insurance. Or children, you know, geez, I had the kids on there at one point. You know, they're they're on their own and live halfway across the country, and you know, it would make more sense to have. Someone else is a Benny at this point. That's right. Ex-wife, ex-husband, you know, or oh, ex ex support partner. Popping in my head, Paul. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Well. And, and um, just trust. So you know, a lot of families, you know, they they bought life insurance twenty years ago, didn't have, had you know, didn't think twice, didn't have a will, didn't have a, you know, trust. Today they do, and yeah. the beneficiary is still listed as a spouse, and it should have been, you know, well, the revocable trust of Rob Sotomayor dated whatever. You know, just helping life insurance reviews, just help to coordinate all the all the beneficiary arrangements as well. 
Well, that, that goes into another set of reasons for looking at insurance. Wealth replacement tax. The tax code is going to change in 2026, I believe. Right now, there's a federal exclusion up to around $12 million, uh, more or less. It's slated to snap back to about $5 million. And for those that are listening that think, oh, that's $5 million, that that's not me, you'd be surprised as time goes on, the value of your house, <laughs> the value of your accounts, the value of the things that you've accumulated, you might be surprised. They may even snap that yeah, back Paul, it lower. All, it all, yeah, it all gets added up. I mean, it's every you know everything that you own, date of death, goes on that state tax return, and yeah, it's life life insurance, four hundred one k, you know, any qualified accounts, you know, the home, it's, it's all on there. So yeah, so that wealth replacement get, tax get to five million dollars pretty quickly. You can, you can, and and the way that they're looking for quarters in the in the sofa cushions, they may they may roll that back even further. But wealth replacement tax, using insurance for that as a vehicle for that with a, an irrevocable life insurance trust, also called an ILET, that makes a lot of sense for some people. Using insurance as an emergency vehicle, if it, if it has a cash value, you can get money out without having to sell your your stocks, if stocks are low or your other assets are low, uh, can be a tax-free income vehicle. Also really good for charitable gifting, isn't it? Life insurance, absolutely. Yeah, and especially, well, you think about that idea on, yeah, we used to, we had the life insurance to take care of debt or to educate the kids, and now, you know, we still own the life insurance, and, you know, kids, kids are fine, they're on their own, we don't necessarily want to leave them out, but, you know, if I died yesterday with kids inherit the value of the home, as an example, I can I can easily title my life insurance to, the you know my college to my church to, you know my favorite, um, you know n- nonprofit. So, yeah, we see a lot of charitable giving with life insurance. And then of course, legacy creation. It it may be that you want to you know bequeath assets to your children or to family members to help push them along. It's not necessarily a wealth replacement for you, but it could be legacy creation. And from that aspect, it's a great leverage tool. It's a great leverage tool. For X amount of money, you are guaranteeing X amount of assets to your heirs. That's how that works. But many people don't think of it as a legacy creation tool. But again, the current estate structure is set to sunset in 2026. And, you know, I think the lawyers are going to be really busy in 2025. Uh, We're in 2023 and almost at the halfway point. (laughs) Can you believe that? It's uh, it's really moved along. Well, we had we were on with Prudential. I mean, most, most folks listening wouldn't know. No Prudential. But they their advanced planning folks had a seminar just two weeks ago and they they mentioned in some of the some of their larger uh, the larger law firms that they're working with they're already they're already, they're already backlogged I mean they already have appointments set throughout the remainder of this year get, getting ready for I mean they they foresee a time in you know 2024 a year out when you know, people aren't going to be able to take on cases so folks are going to wow. want to do the planning there aren't going to be professionals who are going to be able to to help them with it so the sooner well, you get in front of it Paul the better off you are like everything. Well, isn't that the truth? That is, isn't that the truth? It's like if you're buying a a plane ticket, 
if you buy it early enough, the cost of your ticket generally is a lot less than if you're trying to uh, to get a plane ticket, you know, the week before, right? That's right. Just a couple things I wrote yes, down that please. you mentioned. You know, you, you mentioned um, emergency vehicle or accessing cash. I would say, you know, just all under that umbrella of policy reviews, Paul, is if your listeners, if they own a permanent life insurance policy and they have not reviewed in a couple of years, you know, absolutely vital. You know, we see a lot of cash value life insurance that is in either tied to an index like the S&P 500, for example, or even may have um, the other the other variety. They're called variable, where they actually have sub-accounts, you know, like actual funds. And it's amazing. It's amazing that not re- not reviewing in a couple of years what that can do to a to a cash values in, in, in those life insurance policies. A couple down years, and as the mortality and expense charges continue in a life insurance contract, can have pretty dramatic impacts to those cash values. So, just another another kick in the shorts on the review. If you haven't reviewed and you have cash values, that's that's a big one. And then I wrote down. You mentioned the legacy creation. Yes. I just I was just thinking about a case we had a couple weeks ago, and folks didn't think about life insurance as the tool. It wasn't until we were having that discovery type fact finding meeting, and parents owned or own a farm. Four kids. Two kids love the farm. Two kids uh, go to the farm only when it's mom's birthday, and she's requesting their presence at at the farm. Mm. Um, but what's interesting is two kids are going to inherit the farm as significant value. Two children are not going, you know, they, they want nothing to do with the farm. And mom and dad are, you know, they're, they're pretty convinced that, you know, their, their original planning was leave the farm to all four children. And then dad kind of said, wait a second, you know, these, these two want nothing to do with it. They're going to want to sell. How are the other two going to buy them out? So it was using life insurance as a situation for, you know, I'll call it, you know, it, it was, it was legacy creation, but was a state equalization. So yes. it was just using life insurance policy on mom and dad, survivorship or second to die is what they're called. You know, at, at the second death, you know, mom finally, you know, no longer at the farm and uh, a couple of the children are going to assume ownership. Two of the children get, get cash um, equal to the value of the farm so that it doesn't create relationship problems with their, with their remaining children. So that's, that was the whole purpose behind that planning but yeah the, the legacy planning directly came out of those those conversations well that's an excellent idea you know not everybody wants to live in the country or it might be challenging to split up an asset well that's, that's it i mean that's, dad was the dad the father was he was i don't say he was terrified but he was just concerned he said hey you know these two are going to want out they're going to want the money you know one of our, our daughter could probably raise cash to buy out you know to buy one of the siblings, not the other siblings, you know, say, wait a second, what about me? And, you know, and the, and the other son that's going to continue to maintain you know, some, a presence on the farm does not have the financial wherewithal. So that's where the life insurance really would be a blessing to be able to, to help to get two of, the, two of the children out and let two of the children continue to maintain their relationship with the farm. Now, you used a term, cash value. I, I use the term as well, but just for those that don't know, there's basically two types of insurance. I mean, there's lots of others, but generally people have one of one of two. They either have a term life insurance policy, which is a set amount for a set number of years 
but there's no cash buildup. There's no investments inside. It's just this is the face dollar of the life insurance. As long as you're paying this monthly, this is good up until this date. Some of the other life insurance policies that have like cash value that we're talking about, they're more expensive than term, but they don't run out on a term. They're for your life. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, I mean, you know, one of the common monikers is whole life. And all that really means, Paul, is it's going to last, it's supposed to last for your whole life. You know, you pay the premiums, you, you, know, you honor the commitment of the contract, and that coverage will last as long as you do. There you go. So whether you last, whether a person, um, I like to say, the term I like to use is graduate, graduate to glory. If a person graduates to glory in their 60s, 50s, or 60s, that's that covers that. But if they live a very long life, 100, 103, it still covers them for their whole life. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Yes. Okay, terrific. Now, there are those phases of wealth, the accumulation stage, you know, mainly from your 20s until your 60s, you're working. There's the preservation stage where someone's in their 60s. They may not be working in a traditional sense any any longer, so they're really concerned about preservation of their assets. And there's that third stage where they also start looking at transferring or distributing their assets. The gentleman that you were talking about that, that owned the farm, he was thinking about the transfer or the distribution of his assets. Life insurance really should be part of your overall financial picture in any of those phases because the, the call to glory, a person's passing, can happen at any point during our lifetime. So accumulation stage, preservation stage, or whether you're planning for the distribution stage, which is really a blessing to be able to be at that point. I would strongly suggest if you're in the stage where you can uh, think about your assets rather than having someone else think about your assets for you, then a review makes a lot of sense. So as far as insurance analysis and review, what's normally what does someone normally need for that, Rob? Yeah, big things, Paul, would be most folks get, you know, they'll have an annual statement that they'll receive. Or if you don't receive a statement, but, you know, you've got it in force, I mean, that's where you can you can help them. You know, we'll, we'll help you, Paul. But, you know, you can help your clients to sign a couple forms. One's called a third-party authorization where we go out to carriers and try to secure basic policy information. What's, what's the policy date? When's it paid to? What are the premiums? Who's listed as a beneficiary? What's the address on the account? So, We'll get some of that basic policy information. Um, if your folks know they have it, they continue to get drafted for it, but they haven't received a, an annual statement for a while. That's one thing we can do. You know, yeah, current current values. You know, we like to look at if it is a policy that has cash surrender value. Just look at what the engine is. Is the engine variable? Is it indexed? Is it tied to a fixed rate? You know, is everything keeping pace with current contracts? You know, uh, one of the areas that we focus on, and yeah, you know, I, I hate to say it, Paul, but you have to. We got to tie in a little bit of the current too. You know, not only, you know, wh- what's this going to do for you in the portfolio, but some of those feeling types of questions as well. Mm-hmm. Need this coverage. You know, what's the purpose? Why do you want to have it? What, you know, how do you feel about it? And then the last part of that is, could you get new coverage? You know, what's what's it? You know, do we need to really make that old stuff 
good and last as long as you do, or, you know, or could, could you earn a new policy with your current health and older age today? Unfortunately, run into that, trying to get some of your clients covered. I mean, it's, it's not easy to get the stuff. You know, you have to be in pretty good health, relatively good health. You know, we've got, there are usually about 12 steps on the ladder for life insurance underwriting. So there's a lot of steps, you know, people that used to have sleep apnea, you know, 10, 10 years ago when I came into this role, sleep apnea was a, was a big deal. Today, not so much of a, of a big deal. Marijuana use, 10 years ago, three years ago, marijuana use, premiums got relegated to the uh, pretty expensive pile. Today, people can be recreational marijuana users and still earn preferred non-tobacco rates, you know, depending on the way that they're ingesting or, you know, using. So mm. it's really, life insurance underwriting has changed a lot. You know, that's another reason to review. If you, you know, if you bought stuff 10 or 15 years ago, when you were first diagnosed with sleep apnea or you first had adult onset diabetes, you know, and it's under control today, goodness sakes, it's, you know, there are a lot of conditions that were a big deal 10 and 15 years ago that it's not so much a big deal today. There's just a lot more um, actuarial history behind these carriers now. They don't have to charge. Just like COVID. I mean, you remember going through COVID, you know, it, for, there was a there was a period when if people had COVID, they wouldn't, they weren't able to get back into the life insurance game for about six months. You know, they had to get signed off by a doctor, have no symptoms before they can get life insurance. Today, we're not even asking that question anymore. I mean, it's interesting how it's changed so quickly, but. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that yeah. is really important for people is, you know, what does it do for them? Well, it takes care of their family, takes care of their needs, and it also puts allows them to put that check in that box that says, I'm up to date. Their wills and their insurance might be, a little out of date. They may have, you know, wanted uh, something for the kids when they were five, but now the kids are thirty-five. So take it to and and time goes by really, really fast. I was just saying when you said that, I was like thirty years, and I was like, wow, I can remember, I can remember thirty years ago, like yesterday, Paul. So yeah, isn't that strong, something? Yeah. yeah, yeah, And I was laughing with a friend of mine. Uh, we're putting together our high school reunion, and we were laughing. We've been out of school longer than some people have been alive, married, and with kids. <laughs> time, you know, time goes. I, I don't look a day older, I'm sure, but, but, but my knees, my knees will could tell you otherwise on certain days. But I mean, time goes by really, really fast. So if um, if somebody wants to take action, they they want to put that check in the box. They want to know that this is taken care of, so they can turn over the other side of the pillow and sleep well at night. Probably the best thing for them to do is to get in touch with me and then for me to interface uh, with your schedule. Is, does that make sense? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you are the, you're the relationship. You're the relationship. They, they talk to you. You need to bring me in or would like me, you know, like a second set of eyes or another person in the conversation. Paul, I'll absolutely put it on my calendar and we can do that. Yeah, I think that would help streamline because your schedule is extremely busy, extremely busy, and and I have the ability with you to kind of take a look at what the calendar is looking like over the next few weeks. We can just kind of herd the cats that way. Uh, makes it a lot easier than than trying to piecemeal into your into your schedule. So I appreciate it. Well, 
We still live in the afterglow of Easter because Easter has happened, and throughout the rest of this year, we can live in that afterglow. Summer is on the way. We're going to be enjoying spring spring rain here in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, but we're going to be looking forward to June coming up and you know May and June coming up, heading into more warmer climes. Uh, you're in Virginia, are you not? Yes, correct. Yeah, Richmond, Virginia. Excellent. Excellent. Seasonal allergies here, Paul. Seasonal yeah. allergies. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, I want to thank you again for your time, Rob. Uh, whenever you come on, you always share such great information and practical information that our clients can take action on and improve their situation, and, and you make it really clear. So thank you, thank you, thank you for joining us today. Hey, you are welcome. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Paul Ellis reminding you, to invest in what you love.